It's the week of January 21st, and this is MASHCAST number 78. edition of the mash those buttons mash cast i'm jared and i'm here with podcast host and staff writer nick zonkevich hey how's everybody doing yes this is mash cast number 78 and we actually have quite a bit to cover today so we're I just gonna think we have 78 topics uh nick with the bad jokes but um yeah we're just gonna get started i, I can't rebound from all your bad jokes nick <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We're just gonna. I'm just. I'm just gonna start ignoring some of them, and that's, just that's, just, that's, just keep talking. <laughs> that's actually the recommended strategy, unfortunately. Ah, thank you. So, Nick, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? Uh, let's see. I'm still playing Legends of Grimlock or Grimrock. Uh, enjoying that. Um, you know, trying to make progress through the dungeon and uh, like this close. I have like four challenge stages to get the last stars on on Atlantis Pearls of the Deep. Um, that game has really got its hooks into me. Um, so hopefully I'll have that beaten by the next time we do this. Um, other than that, that's really about it. Yeah, so for me, it's I've really only played two new games. Uh, one being... Well, I, I've, I've been playing Hawken. And actually, I, I, did, I did a stream, I think it was Saturday, and uh, we got some viewers... And they were giving me some uh, some pretty good suggestions. Like one of them told me that uh, you can actually set your FOV, to, which stands for field of view, to one up to 120 in that game, which I didn't know. So when I get a chance, I'm gonna set it to 115 because that's like what I like to play first person shooters. That if possible. Uh, so that was good. But I also play a game called Primal Fears, which is like a top down uh, zombie. Well, it's like actually not zombies. They're like monsters. Like some type of infection has gotten out. And mutant things are walking around. I'm really dig dig too deep into the actual story, but um, it's a it's not your your average top down shooter because you actually do need to be a a bit more careful with the shooting. Like you know, when me and another person we were playing and uh, we were, we were running out of ammo really fast when we first started. And then basically we found out, I was like, well, actually we kind of need to burst fire with these weapons because one is more accurate and two, you, you, you can serve ammo. So it, it, a couple different things, you know, we had to adjust to because, you know, with top-down shooters, you're used to just going and blowing everything away, but you really couldn't do that in this one. Um, it was an all right game. <laughs> like, I really, I don't, I don't even know if I can really recommend it to anybody. It's not bad, but... It's just, there's no compelling reason to really play. I think it was a, a huge missed opportunity. My, my pet peeve with it was the shotgun. Like, I mean, the shotgun should have, you know, a wide spray. It'd be pretty powerful up close. But the shotgun really didn't feel like it 
impact that much more of a punch. It actually felt more efficient to just use the rifle on these uh, these these mutants. But uh, the shotgun, like it was kind of that's was my backup weapon, like just in case I ran out of bullets in my rifle. So and you can upgrade that stuff over time too. So I did upgrade it a bit, and it did get better, but not where I think it should have been in terms of utility. So there's that. <laughs> um, the the game that I've been playing, I don't want to say nonstop, but pretty consistently since I got it is uh, Devil May Cry. I got the new D. I got DMC Devil May Cry, and I don't care what anybody tells you, that game is fucking awesome. DMC Devil May Cry is awesome. And, you know, it took me, I don't know, it took me a little bit, not a little bit, but like, you know, a level or so to kind of really get used to uh, the comboing and how to chain the combos so I get a better rating and therefore more points so I can unlock more stuff to do more combos with. But, like, what, that, like it is so much fun to play and do these combos. Like, you know, and you can, you have multiple weapons you can swap between. And the controls are so simple. Like, you have, um, you know, your your basic attack is one button. Then you have a special attack with another button. Then you have a different button for your guns. So you pretty much only use, for attacks you're using the top three. Well, I, I'll have it on PS3. So I'm using the top three buttons. And then you have a jump button. Then you have your angelic weapons, which means you hold down, like, one, like you know, one of the L or R keys. Hold one of those down for angelic buttons. Then you can switch it to go to demon uh, weapons as well. And then you have multiple of those weapons, which something cool I found out. You could be in the middle of attacking. Like, I was in the middle of of, a, of an attack. And um, you can swap the weapon in the middle of an attack, but it'll, it'll let the attack animation finish first, and then immediately swap it out. You know, and then you can just continue to chain your combinations, which just makes the game that much more fun. And on top of the combat being awesome, the platforming... It's also fun. The platform is a lot of fun to do, but because the combat is so much fun, sometimes I just want to get past the platforming, you know, <laughs> and and get back to the combat. So the the it's it's a great game. I really recommend that anybody, you know, play it. Well, it it sounds like you like the gameplay changes that they made, but did you also like the stylistic changes that came along with that? As far as like the the you know the reboot of the series, did did that also work out well? Um, the 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 character really doesn't bother me. Um, he's not as snooty or bitchy as I thought he was gonna be. He's actually not really. He's not bitchy at all. In the beginning of the game, he's kind of like, uh, fuck you, I don't need you, blah blah blah, but pretty much when you get to the second level and he he finds you know he he finds some stuff out then he's actually he's pretty much a team player uh and the uh, the girl that's in the game like you know she I, I don't know she may turn out to be his love interest or whatever but he's not he's not treating her like that he's just treat he's just like I, I th- thank you for saving me and I'm going to pay it back by being loyal to you that's what it it, it kind of turns to be, but you know, who knows? They may they may spin it into like a love thing. But um, in terms of like, like just style, the game is actually really stylish. Like uh, going from the real world because the real world everything's static, but in the limbo, things can change. Like buildings can come apart and then reform back together. 
or hallways can, can, can be one size and then the next moment be a, a totally different size. And it, Actually, I got done with a level. There's a level that you play inside of a club, and it is one of my favorite levels from any game in recent history, like did, within did, the last couple of years. Did it look like a VIP room? Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> it looked like Res. <laughs> For P, you know, for PS2. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that's what it kind of looked like that. So, but it was like it was just put together very well, and the boss fights are actually really cool too. Uh, and the boss fights are like their own levels too. So, because each at the end of each level, you have you get a score, and um, you know, a lot of the game is about. Well, I shouldn't say a lot of the game, but the reason you want to replay the game is to get higher scores and stuff like that. So the boss fights are actually separated from the re- from the regular levels, and that makes it real convenient if you just need to go back and do one or two sections. So, so, so you're saying sort of. I mean, as much as the game is about you know beating through the content, you're saying that like the, the I guess the, the the overall game really is just trying to get the highest score you can for a given level. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Because actually, the higher score you get, the you get these white skulls. The more uh, the more points you get toward white skulls, which give you abilities. Okay, so th- so that actually feeds back into one of the mechanics then. Yeah, it does. It's not like you're just getting a score just to get your name up on a leaderboard somewhere. Exactly. So, and actually, inside the levels themselves, there are these uh, these doors that you can open. Like you need a key of a certain color to open up these doors of a certain color. And when you go in there, there's, like, additional challenges. Like, they, you know, there may be a challenge like, okay, well, you can only hurt the enemies while you have them in the air. Or you can only hurt the enemies while they're in certain parts on the ground. Or you can only use, you can't use the same move twice. That, actually, that one was a difficult one. I haven't run to the same game, twi- uh, the same challenge twice so far. Um, but it's... uh. Yeah, there's some stuff that's kind of, kind of, kind of challenging. Actually, last night it was like midnight. I'm kind of ready to go to sleep, and I'm stuck in one of these rooms in the middle of a level. I'm like, I can't leave now. So, pressed on. <laughs> yeah, pressed on. That's what gamers do. That is what gamers do. Yeah. So, but it was a, it's a good game. I, I highly recommend it to anybody. And I, 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 coming off of that, well, let's just go into um, the DMC petition. Yeah, yeah would, would, you, so would you recommend the game to President Obama? I would, <laughs> yes, I would recommend the game to President Obama. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so apparently, and just give me a second to find it here. Apparently, somebody was so upset by the game, and I'm pretty sure they haven't even played it, uh, that they started a petition on WhiteHouse.gov, uh, which actually has, it appears that that petition has been removed. Yeah, at this point, uh, possibly because it it only, it only got like what somewhere between I would say between thirty to fifty signatures, and it needs like a hundred thousand. Yeah, according to the Kotaku article, it was thirty-seven votes at the time. But there are some petitions up there that don't have a significant number of votes. Um, looking most of, I don't think anything's really over five thousand. That's uh, even then, I think most of them are, are, are well below that. I'm looking to see if there's anything close to 37 on there. Um, there's a few. There's a few that are in the sub hundreds, uh, but most of them have well at least 500. I would say. I think all of them have at least 500. But yeah, you need a certain amount and a certain amount of time to just keep going. That could be like a checkpoint. 
You know? Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm going to read the petition. Dear Mr. Obama, as a consumer to the video game industry, there is one video game that has caused a lot of controversy over the past few months. The name of the game is, Dev- is DMC, Devil May Cry, made by Ninja Theory and Capcom. A majority of gamers are aggravated. Now, he spoke for the majority, which I don't think it was it, that's the case. But uh, the majority of gamers are, are aggravated that this game has changed so much from its past predecessors and the game actually insults the game, the consumers in game. Um, I'm assuming he's talking to Dante, saying "fuck you," uh, but he he's actually talking to demons when that when that happens, and it's not as much as I thought it was going to be. So that's good. But anyway, back to the position. So, so the the old Dante didn't curse then. Um, I can't remember. I mean, I'm pretty sure he did, but one of the things that, uh, I guess. Uh, it was either in the demo or one of the trailers, like where he's just saying "fuck you" a lot. Like it's the joke, you know, Dante. Fuck you, like you know, like, just, like he he's supposed to be like this this prick is like this kind of a, a prick, you know, emo kid. Uh, there was one like "fuck you" session between him and the demon, like one of the bosses. <laughs> she's like "fuck you," he's like "well, no, fuck you," and she's like "fuck you," and then it goes back and forth and back and forth, and then they eventually they start fighting. And I thought that was pretty funny. Nice. He nice. also punched a bouncer in the face and wrote his name on the, uh, I guess, the VIP list as "fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> so really, he, he sounds like he's having a good Friday night. Then he is. He is. Um, now here is actually where <laughs> I guess things get serious on the petition. We, as consumers, did not want nor need this reboot, and we believe it violates our rights to have a choice between the original content or the reboot. This game is violating our rights as a consumer and we believe it should be pulled off shelves from game stores due to its insulting nature and the fact that it violates our rights. <laughs> please, Mr. Obama, look into your heart and make the decision that will please us gamers. You know, listening to you read that, I'm actually impressed that somebody who is just so incorrect in their assertions was able to actually string together coherent sentences. I feel like this should have been written in in like assorted caps and, and lowercase letters with none of the words spelled correctly and possibly scrawled in crayon. Dude, I I, just, I think it has to be some type of trolling. It, it, it very well could be. It, it, that's I mean there's a whole whole separate discussion to be had about the validity of uh, of petitions.whitehouse.gov and the fact that just you know, effectively, the the government has opened itself up to internet trolling by doing that, um, to the point that they've had to keep upping the the uh, the limit for uh, signatures required on a petition before it garners an official response. Uh, what, I think three times now. But um, yeah, this is this 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 is this isn't even. I, I didn't even realize there was that much of an outcry over. The Devil May Cry remake. I mean, there was there was some whining. Actually, uh, no, I shouldn't say call whining. I'm not gonna say whining because that, anytime you, somebody takes a series that you love and then tries to do something new with it, I think there's gonna be some concern. Like if they tried to reboot Metal Gear and it was something radically, like a radical change, like we saw like, with Dante, I'd have something to say about that. Like, like if they tried to do a Metal Gear game where Snake wasn't the protagonist but some little emo douchey kid was. Well, that's already happened. <laughs> No, you know, I look at this and I realize that this is sort of the next evolution 
of uh, somebody writing a letter to the Better Business Bureau complaining about Mass Effect 3. <laughs> yeah. Except they're stupider and they went to the wrong person. <laughs> but and even then, I mean, the fundamental argument that they're that, that it violates their rights to have more choice. Yeah, like they have to buy it. But the thing is, I like the the the, the fact they use it violates our rights. They put it like they said rights, like you know the right to bear arms and the right to free speech. You put it right up there with those things that this game violates your rights by existing. Well, you have, I mean, you have a right to whatever's in the marketplace. It's, I mean, right. and that's fundamentally what it is. They have a right to put out the game. You don't, you have the right not to buy it. Well, that's why yeah. I, I can't, it's so hard for me to believe this is actually real. Like somebody was serious about this. Like it has, I, it has to be some type of trolling I, or a child. I, Oh, I, I think it's maybe not a child, but someone with a very naive outlook on politics. <laughs> uh, I can see somebody getting indignant enough to be like, no, 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 we're going to that site. Especially after it recently got a bit of notoriety when they uh, they had to officially comment on the Death Star proposal. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, all of a sudden, hey, I'm pissed about DMC. Hey, they just said we're not going to build a Death Star. Let's ask about Devil May Cry. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that led to this. The, the one thing that I do think is a valid complaint, though, is where they say we as consumers did not, did not want nor need this reboot. Um, that's pretty much how I think a lot of people feel about every reboot ever. Right. <laughs> I mean, look at especially Hollywood movies, you know, remaking, you know, Dukes of Hazzard or Starsky and Hutch or, you know, all those kind of movies that, you know, they do it in such a different manner than the original tone. I, you know, or even more recently, Dark Shadows, stuff of that nature. I could see people, you know, I think they're you know original fans of the content would be upset by that. Um, but nobody's writing letters to the government saying, "Please fix Hollywood." So yeah, yeah. Well, also those movies are terrible, but that's also true. That's also true. Yeah, I mean, the thing about game reboots is that you know, movie reboots. I'm, I'm less inclined to see a movie reboot because reboots for movies are typically bad. But um with game reboots I would say most of the reboots I've seen of game series aren't bad it's just in turn like for example like let's bring up Metal Gear again if you know they made if they rebooted Metal Gear and made drastic changes the game I would probably say, I would at least give the game a chance but in terms of the Metal Gear series I'd probably say it's not a good Metal Gear game it's not it's not really a reboot and, and- what, what do I want to say that Ninja Theory is also doing it? But what about uh, Revengeance, where they're they're Wait, see that one? The... I, is, I, for, is, I, is Ninja Theory doing that? By the way, I feel like no. That's the team who did Bayonetta. Okay, okay, okay. Whoever I can't remember who they are. Be honest, which I can't remember the because I didn't. Uh, I actually I played Bayonetta, but I wasn't a fan of it. I'll, I'll tell you, I only played it for so long, and then I, I just that was it. Didn't, I just didn't feel like watching Sarah Palin kill stuff. <laughs> Uh, but, um, yeah, like, I don't know, Revengeance, for me, I mean, I'll probably give the game a chance, but it's not gonna be, I, I can already see that it's not gonna be a good Metal Gear game. Like, I just, I watched, they had a, uh, an extended gameplay trailer, and it showed, like, cutscenes and stuff like that, and just seeing Raiden drive, and then hear, hearing him talk. I'm just like, I'm going to have to play this game on mute. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded terrible. But the game itself may not be a bad game. 
but as in terms of being a part of Metal Gear, not so sure about that. Yeah, so yeah, this petition's already dead, but man, this I really do hope that nobody was serious when they put this together. The petition is dead, but the stupidity lives on. Yes. Uh, But on to our next topic. Uh, Sony may be ditching the DualShock controller uh, with the next PlayStation, which I wouldn't be too surprised if they did. I mean, they tried doing it with the PS3, but we see how that turned out because that controller was fucking stupid. You're talking about the Batarang? Yeah, the Batarang, yeah. That was still, I mean, that was still fundamentally the DualShock controller, just in a different mold. That is true. That is true. If this controller is looking to be totally different, like, uh, apparently, you know, according to rumors, they uh, are going to try to duplicate what they did with the, with the PS Vita interface. So you're going to be looking at dual analog sticks, buttons, and a touchscreen in the middle. Uh, also, more than likely, you're also going to have a touchscreen in the back, which I'm actually not a fan of the touchscreen in the back, mainly because my hands are big, and I touch I always... I always have to turn it off from a game. I still like the uh, the Penny Arcade take on the touchscreen on the back. Yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I, I don't like it. Uh, but I, mean, I wouldn't be too surprised if they did this. I mean, they already have integration with the PS Vita. Well, they're, talk, sorry, they're talking about integration with the PS Vita and the PS3 for playing your games. So that you can actually, you know, play games, uh, you know, the same, you know, with additional functionality. So similar to the Wii U. So I'm, I'm curious if, the, if they do it, and if they actually do show up with a controller like that, what's going to be the blowback from the community and the media? Like, oh, they're copying the Wii U, you know, because actually that that controller is not doing much for 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 Nintendo right now. The only the only person who I've seen who really likes the Wii U controller is uh I think it's Tyco over on Penny Arcade. Um, not to name check them again, but um, yeah. no, the, the one thing the one thing I wonder is how much like the Vita can they make the controller before it like before it fundamentally cuts into the Vita sales. Like one of the benefits of having a Vita is oh hey you know it it, it can interconnects with my PlayStation Three or going forward it interconnects with my PlayStation Four. But if the controller does all that for you at that point you're like hey you know I'm not really the kind of person who's going to bring my Vita outside the house so and I can do everything that I want inside the house with my controller, I don't need the Vita, and right there, they have somebody who may have been a potential sale that they've just cut off if the feature set is too similar to the Vita. I don't think they count people. They don't count... When they're doing, like I guess, their their marketing and analysis, if somebody doesn't want to take their Vita outside the home, they're probably not looking at that person. So I can't imagine this is... I mean, technically speaking, yes, it will be a lost sale, if somebody who only uses their Vita in the home didn't buy one because their PS4 controller does the same exact thing, yes, that would be a lost sale. But te- from a from a technical perspective, but I don't think Sony is really looking for that. How many? I, I, do you know anybody who has a Vita or buys portable devices and then never takes it out of the home? Uh, never. Nah, not really. I mean, but it might be one of the, oh, I, never maybe a bit of an overstatement. It might be the sort of situation where prime, you know, like I'm not really, I might take it occasionally with me. Like, like if I'm going on a hotel trip, you know, for a week or so, like, yeah, I might as well take it with me because it's portable, but I don't do that regularly. So, you know, like in all honesty, when I had my, my DS, uh, or my DS light, you know, I brought that, 
I really only bring that for me when I was traveling anywhere. I didn't. It's not like I brought it to work, or it's not like I brought it like, oh hey, I'm going over to my friend's house. I'm going to bring that. Well, Maybe I, when I first got it, I did. But. I do the same thing with my Vita, but that's more than enough reason for me to have one. Not to mention the Vita exclusives. See, but that's see, and honestly, and maybe this is just sort of my style of gaming. Is for me the the appeal of the DS Lite was the games I could get on it, not that I could play them anywhere. It's not like I was like, oh no, I need to have a game for when I'm taking that long train ride. Like for me, it was like, no, I want to play some of these games that are only available on this system. I want to check them out, and I can only do that. And that's, I think that, that that's kind of the angle I'm I'm looking at this. I'm I'm curious about the Vita, and if you're going to tell me basically I'm going to get a free Vita with my PS4. Then I mean th- that actually I, you know I might have held out a bit a little bit longer on getting a PS4, but, but to the know that Vita, there's that added value. The Vita exclusives. Who says that the Vita games are going to play on the PS4? But I would have to think that most of them. I mean, if you're going to give the people a fundamentally a a, a bastardized Vita as their controller, there's you know you can already download the stuff from the PlayStation Network. So a lot of this stuff that you Not can download straight. It. Not all of it. Not all of it. And I'm sure Not there's even, stuff. That, Not even a lot of it in terms of Vita exclusives. Like you can't. You can't download the new Uncharted or you know the Uncharted Forge. You can't download Wipeout. You can't download Gravity Rush. You can't download all these different things, which definitely would would play on a PS3 yeah. in terms of graphical capacity. Yeah. Oh, no, but r- right now you can't download them. But who's to say that you know in a few years? Oh, hey, it's your Vita Classic series that now you know available on the PSN, and you can download it and play on your little your your Vita esque controller. Uh, as long as, you know, like the Wii U tablet, you don't, like, break line of sight with the controller or uh, you don't leave the room. That's making a huge assumption. That it, well, I, I think without knowing what exactly they're doing for their controller, we're making a huge assumption. <laughs> well, look, but I'm saying, like, that's a that's a huge assumption. Like, that, like I I don't see, I mean, I guess logic would, could eventually lead you there, but that's not, like, the logical step based off of the information that we have. Well, if Nintendo can do, you know, can design the Wii U such that it outputs to a, a, a tablet screen that you hold in your hand, and the Wii U is roughly as powerful as the current generation of consoles, for everything that they're allegedly pouring into the, the Orbis, I don't see why they couldn't slip that feature in, especially having seen Nintendo do that. And it might even be kind of like how they didn't have the move ready at first, but they're like, okay, if Nintendo's going to do you know, motion gaming, well, we're going to do motion gaming too. And it might be a feature that they'll they'll do as much of the hardware preparation as they can early on, and then later on with a firmware update, be like, and now you can play games on your, your, uh, your, your controller. But that would require... Well, either one, like th- that's why game all games right now aren't necessarily crossplay. Like that would require that they 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 spend extra development time, make sure you know checking for crossplay compatibility, make sure the save files can go back and forth. It just adds extra development time and well, extra money on the developer. I, first off, I, I wouldn't necessarily know that in this case because fundamentally the the Wii U it, it's just outputting to a different device. It, I mean, there's a different. Uh, and I, I don't know how much of the protocols they have to change for say like okay you're on the tablet screen versus you're on the the TV screen, but my understanding is that it's 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 basically all that's different is the screen and it's just communicating wirelessly. So maybe you have to account for a little more latency in that regard. Um, but I I, I kind of don't I don't see why if so it, it just seems to me like if Sony's going to put a screen on their on their controller. Nintendo's kind of set the bar like this is what you do with the screen, and I can't see Sony not meeting that bar and then exceeding it somehow. Well, I could say because they want people to buy Vitas. But that's <laughs> that's, that's 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 that's, evident, that's proof of, not proof, but I should say, but that's enough reason for them not to make it so that all Vita games can play on the PS3. 
I could, no, I, I could see that. I could see that, and I can see. I mean, obviously, the Vita because it's its own distinct unit has more functionality. That's but I, a, the, yeah, go ahead. I think at the very least, just being able to trans, transfer the screen from the TV to the controller. I think once you're adding in the once you're adding in the screen, I don't as long as long as long as it's, I guess, display quality. I don't think it's at that point. I don't think it should be too much more overhead to actually implement that feature. And you still have the the as far as wanting to sell Vitas, you still can't take that out of the room. You're stuck in the room with the console. You still, if you want to play on the train, if you want to play walking to work, you still have to actually have a Vita for the crossplay functionality. That's it. It's it's, it's it feels similar in the end use, but it's an entirely different mode. Of, of use. Okay, I'm not sure what just happened there. Are you agreeing with me now, or what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we were always agreeing. I don't know. Uh, uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm, re- I'm retconning this whole discussion. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're just like, the fucking Riddler now? Like, like <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> All right, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we, if we did, if we saw a Vita-esque looking controller or a controller with Vita features. So I, as much as I was just sort of espousing it, I actually would be, I, I, I feel like, Oh my I, God. I, <laughs> I'm like all over the, on the map. Exactly. No, Nick I, Nick I, is having arguments with himself. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Join me on the Nick cast. We're just arguing with myself for an hour. Um, but no, I, I think again, going back to the, going back to the fact that we have a standard for controllers with screens being the Wii U. And also going off the fact that they, I'm assuming that they don't want the Vita controller to compete in any way with the the, the or the, the PS4 controller to compete in any way with the Vita. I think if there is some kind of screen, it'll be very basic. It'll be very minimal. And I, I almost it almost feels extraneous. It almost feels like they're doing it just for the sake of doing it. Which you know that's always a concern. Again, look at kind of how the move got used. Um, you know where it was pretty much you know mostly just a gimmick and. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm fundamentally I like the DualShock controller. I want them to keep using the DualShock controller. I see no reason to deviate from the DualShock controller. Um, I, uh, I, I I don't know. I can't. I don't, I'm curious to see what this means, but I kind of can't see them going too crazy with this idea. Yeah, I don't know. Like I think that they're looking to to make a dent, or you know, at least. It'll make more than a dent and, you know, signify some change. The only concern I really have is that, you know, since, I mean, the DualShock's been around for, like, you know, almost almost two decades? Yeah. I mean, it's been around, and because the Dual, you know, you have the DualShock on the PS2 and on the PS3, when those HD remixes come out, going back is actually, it's really easy to play those games still. You know, because those games are made for that controller. Now... I don't know, I may be a bit clunky. Like that's why I really don't play HD remixes on my Xbox because sometimes the controls just don't translate too well. I would have to think they know that and they can't I mean you I don't see, think they're going into this with HD remixes in mind. No, but but I, th- I think the th- fundamentally what it comes down to is I mean for as long as they've had the PlayStation controller, that image makes you think Sony. It's 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 a fundamental brand awareness issue and I can't see them deviating that greatly it, it i mean you see the, the little the, the nubs and the circles and the the, 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 the square circle triangle uh, x and you think playstation and i i don't know I, I can't i can't see them issuing all that just because they're like oh hey the wii u's got a screen we like our vita well no all well, they may also want to change it because that controller is iconic as it is is not ergonomically correct i mean 
that controller will give you more cramps than any other controller <laughs> in the history of uh, gaming. Well, let's just say in the history, but that out of all the controllers that are out right now, the P, the, the Dual Shock is my least favorite, and that says a lot considering I play my PS3 the most right now. It's true. It's true. You know, like I even like you know, I had, thank God Devil May Cry allows you to change the the button config because I had you know I had like my my hands in like Raptor mode on the Dual Shock and my my hands were getting like you know cramped because of it. So you know, like I was able to switch it out and now I only have to have one hand in Raptor mode. There's no third party controller that they make that works with the PlayStation that they make they make a PS3 controller that looks like the 360 controller. They do make that. So, I don't know, that may be worth it. <laughs> I just I, at the time when it came out, I was like I'm going to get one, and I never did because I wasn't playing my PlayStation a lot, but now I just deal with the DualShock. Which I mean, it's not incredibly horrible, but like I do wish it was better. I do wish that the actual like there was more tightness on the analog sticks. Cuz when I play stuff like shooters, or even like racing games on the PS3, it just doesn't feel right. Cause there's no, there's not like it's, it doesn't even have the same like you know tight or responsiveness as like the Nintendo 64 controller, you know, or the Dreamcast controller. It does, it just doesn't have it, unfortunately. So we'll uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens, uh, what happens with that. But uh, I guess another icon that may be disappearing is game FAQs. Now that Steam has rolled out Steam Guides, that that, that just uh, happened uh, last week, toward the end uh, of the week. Yeah. Very surprised. Like, I, I didn't see that coming at all, but it makes so much sense for them to do that. Um, now, basically, Steam Guides could be anything from a written guide to just an image or a set of images to, to videos. Most of the Steam guides I've seen are just videos, you know, and the thing, the good thing about it is not only can you view it like, you know, on a web browser, you can view it in Steam itself, but you could be in the middle of playing a game, bring up the Steam interface, and then go look at a guide. Boom, there it is. Now, I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen a guide written nearly as detailed as as I've found on game FAQs. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, how long does it take to write those guides, and how long has this feature been available for somebody to start posting that? Thing? Exactly. Like, yeah, it, it's it's it really is only a matter of time before before people start posting guides that are really beefy. I like that. Um, I kind of wish the guides were available like for PDF download, but I don't really know if that's going to happen. But yeah, like I can. If game, I don't know what game FAQs can actually do. Well, first of all, this is just Steam we're dealing with. So this really only applies to PC games for now until the Steam box comes out. <laughs> you know, that's, that's true. That's true. When the Steam box comes out, now I'm pretty sure you'll have the same exact feature built into the TV. Well, well, almost, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I almost feel like that's more what that's intended for. I think... I think most of the time, if you're playing on your PC, it's not that hard to just alt tab out and go to Game Facts. But you don't even have to do that anymore. Yeah, no, no, well, you, but you, well, you still can't. You have to shift tab to get to the interface. You and shift pull up tab. The- you keep the game up the whole time, and you either watch this quick video, you read the part that you need. Some people have a serious problem shift tabbing 
because their PCs aren't the best. Shift tabbing or alt tabbing? Well, sorry, alt tabbing. Okay. Because their PCs aren't the best. I mean, I I don't even like to alt tab out of Team Fortress. Because when I alt tab out of Team Fortress, there is like, I don't know, maybe a 30% chance I ain't coming back. Yeah. You know, it, it gets stuck. And that's the thing about alt tabbing. Yeah. Well, no, but I, I think, though, I, I think, I mean, there's there are those people who have the, the problems either with the alt tab, and I, I, maybe the shift tab will allow them to run the interface a little bit more smoothly. Um, but I also, but I think a lot of people also, they have two, you know, they might have two monitors at their workstation where they can pull up the game fact on one and they can play the game on the other. Or even then what I've done sometimes is pulled up, I'll pull up game facts on my smartphone and then while I'm, you know, playing whatever system I'm playing on, I mean, PC or console, I can just refer to that. you're mentioning right now is more difficult than going right to Steam guides. But I think it's more convenient because you you don't have the overlay. I feel like the over I mean the overlay works if you are stuck with one screen. And I think if for for somebody who might be using the Steam box and playing on their TV, they may only have that one screen. And so I think it works in that case. I feel like I don't know. I didn't. You could, you could just hit Shift Tab again and and go and the overlay is gone. And then we hit Shift Tab again. The same place you were exactly at is up again. I don't know. I've, Maybe it's just a fundamental difference. I've always thought that the the inter- I never liked the interface. I always felt it got more. Oh, you're, you're a Steam interface hater. I yes, see where this yes. is coming from. Yes, this is exactly where that's coming from. How do you hate the Steam? Not hate it, but how do you dislike the Steam interface? What is it about it that you don't like? Because I fundamentally want to look at it, and the game's still running in the background, and I, I like to... Uh, I'd like to either pause the game or at least have the game... If the game's running, I want to be able to see everything going on in there, so like nothing comes well, out of... it's paused? No, well, it's paused. If it's... It's not always paused. Then why aren't you pausing the game before you hit your tab? You can't pause some of the games. Some of the games are ongoing. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll give you that. But then why are you, why are you shift tabbing while the game's going on? Because I need this information off GameFAQs now. If it's a game that you can stop to read GameFAQs, you can pause it. <laughs> no, usually, if anything, I get distracted by achievements. I'm like, ooh, I got an achievement. Let me look so at that. So it's a personal problem. It might be a personal problem. I yeah, may, it's, it's a it's a Nick issue. I can't I can't I get distracted by shiny things. I see. You need to go work that out with yourself before you start I, talking I shit on the I Steam do. interface. I do. I do. No, I like the Steam interface. I just I just personally prefer having my game on one screen and my game guide on another screen. That's because Nick doesn't apparently doesn't like to treat himself to the nice things. He yeah. has to make his life a bit harder. I look forward to being able to play my Sony game on my PS4 and have the Sony guides available on the giant screen on my controller. Oh, okay. Let's see, look at that. <laughs> look at that. But yeah, like, they're, I think for the, for most people, I'm not even going to say the average person, but for most people, they're going to take the more convenient route. I have two screens, and you know what? Even if you have a, well, now actually more games are giving you the, 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 windowed mode the borderless window mode if you want to yes. but you know for the most part when you're in a game and it's on one screen and you have a second screen you still have to alt tab because your mouse won't is locked into the one screen that is true that is true so yeah the the same guys is definitely more convenient and i'm curious to see what game faqs do if anything because i'm pretty sure that's game faqs was owned by game fact or, uh, or by game Gamefly, Game, not Gamefly, GameSpy, yes, owned by CBS, who may just be like, "Oh, game over, it's over," and then just drop it. Well, 
the the only thing I remember that Game Facts used to do is they used to do all those sixty four character deep tournaments of like who's your favorite character and then i felt like as soon as one ended they just start another one <laughs> yeah that is kind of true and, yeah so it, it's like, it's what it, it did feel like that but yeah, yeah. i don't that's not gonna keep them alive through this nick well no but if anything i think steam should steal that oh really if i yes if i can if i can shift tab out of my game and take a, a little poll to be like i prefer cloud over mickey then yes only i'm in on that you you'd be the only person voting on that you would because nobody cares. After Sephiroth kept winning, nobody people stopped caring. Okay, didn't they just retire him and be like he's just in his own level of existence? Uh, I remember seeing him several times. I'm just like, uh, never mind. He's, he's the ultimate gaming badass. Wow. Uh, <laughs> let's let's move on uh, before we dig deeper into this hole. <laughs> the hole is where I live. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to leave that one alone. And let's talk about Alice Advertising. Well, the the, the advertising for the latest Alice. Um, uh, uh, Alice Madness Returns, it was called. Um, so the developer, American McGee, uh, says that EA purposefully uh, misled with its advertising of the game. They said, uh, I'll, here, I'll read the... Uh, the quote here they wanted to trick gamers into believing uh alice madness returns was a hardcore horror title even though we refuse to develop it in that tone their thinking is even if the game isn't hardcore isn't a hardcore horror title you can market it as one and trick those customers into buying it while driving away more casual customers like female gamers who might be turned off by really dark trailers it's all part of their race to the bottom. <laughs> EA Activision. Oh, sorry. It's all part of the race to the bottom. EA Activision and the other big pubs are engaged in. Expect to see it get worse before it gets better. Um, he does sound a little bit salty, but he may actually have, he, he actually has a point. Apparently, according to him, uh, a separate company was brought on to handle the trailers. Uh, a company called Shy from the Sun, uh, and he said that the trailers are fantastic, but he also says the mood of the trailers was influenced by EA's marketing, uh, telling them that the final say lay with EA and not with, you know, Spicy Horse, who was the actual developer of the game. So, I mean, this doesn't sound too far-fetched that they would do something like this. Like, if they thought, well, if people think the game is more of a horror game or darker, it may draw more people to the game. That that just sounds like standard operating procedure, though, to, for EA to be like, no, we have final say on all media that goes out. If only because I could see them being concerned, presumably that they'd want to protect themselves as far as like, oh, we don't want a developer putting out something out too crazy, you know, picking the most violent scene from a game and putting that in a, you know, in a commercial to get everybody riled up, unless that's what they wanted to do, but... Well, yeah, I can EA imagine that, but, like, yeah, like, EA is like, we need, to, you know, we need to see, at least see the trailer... And approve it, yeah. And approve it, but the creative say, you know, it like was, you know, was with EA. It's not like Spicy Horse had them develop this trailer and then say, "Hey, EA, here's the trailer." But, well, the, but that's, I mean, fundamentally, that's what the, the approval is—is is final creative say. It's you know, they run the control, they run the, the commercial by him. They say, "I don't think that's what he's talking about here." I don't think that's what he's saying, but I, I, I almost wonder if it's the kind of situation where, because he's kind, you know, he's 
kind of a visionary, visionary in, in regards to especially his property, you know, the, you know, the, the Alice franchise, like, I can almost see him kind of being like, you know, here I am. I made this great, awesome thing, and EA didn't understand it and held me down, and that's why the game sales weren't that great. And I'm not saying that is or what doesn't happen, but I, I almost feel like he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, and whatever the truth is, I think he might be obscuring it, not intentionally necessarily, but but you're getting the truth with through his through his viewpoint. Yeah, I can, I can see that, but I can also totally see EA making change in advertising to appeal try to to do what they feel appeals to a larger audience because alice you know alice as a game i don't even remember if that came out on console to be honest with you i don't think it did yeah like that was like a pc game it's like max Payne. like i'm uh, not like max Payne, but max Payne was a pc game and had a pc niche you know uh, of of people who liked that game and Max Payne even came out on console, but most people, like, the, the biggest fan base, I would have to say, was on PC for it. Um, but yeah, this game was like, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's not like a blowout PC game like Half-Life, but it is, it is, it has a, a following, it had a fan base, and there is a, a niche of, of gamers that liked it. So now you have to to justify putting the money behind it and making all these versions for console and stuff like that. Now you have to bring in a larger audience, and I could totally see them trying, you know, trying to make the game look darker than it actually is, which ultimately would be, you know, misleading but to, the, that, to the customers. But that's what confuses me about this is that he says that they they tried to make the game look like it was a hardcore horror title, but we've seen publishers recently, and, and perhaps this was an earlier time before they realized this, but we've seen publishers recently say that hardcore horror titles don't sell, and we want to turn around and, and make the games more action-y to target the, the, the consumer base. And fundamentally, you know, he's saying that by, by targeting the hardcore horror fans, that they're driving away the casual customers, who everybody loves right now, and female gamers, who people also tend to love, you know, because they buy games. And so... It, it almost seems like he's, uh, it almost seems like his fundamental point is undercut by what they actually did. Uh, that's true. I can I can I can see that point. But the thing is, like when EA looked at the game, what if EA looked at the game and was like, well, who can we sell this to? Well, based on all the quirky stuff that's in there, it would have to be focused because they have to make a decision like who's going to be the target market. It's obviously no matter what you know how you look at it, it's obviously not a casual game. So maybe they're just like, hey, let's let's just put it in the horror genre or try to get the horror fans to buy it. Because when you actually play the game, it's not a scary game. It's weird. It's a little, it's kind of like some parts are creepy, I would say, but scary. No, it's not a scary game. But see, I can see, I can look at that. and I can understand that completely happening. But that's not due to any maliciousness on EA's part. It's not through any desire to trick people. I think it's just that they didn't understand how to classify the game. That for them, every game has to fit into a nice little box, and it can be labeled action. It can be labeled horror. It can be labeled, you know, a first-person shooter. And this game didn't really do that, and so they had to, sh- you know, shoehorn it into the horror box because that's what the weird and creepiness best felt akin to and as a result of doing that now we've got you know american mcgee all pissed off but even he says here that ea wanted him to develop it as a horror game and they refused to so from the beginning they before the game was even in development or you know finished development they wanted this to be a horror game and they just continued with that marketing like they had a strategy and that's what they did 
that's, that, that's deceiving. You know, then that makes me wonder where to place the blame because on the one hand, if if EA was like, no, because again, they're probably looking like, hey, we, we need our you know our, our third quarter horror game to come out, so let's slate Alice for that. And they're telling him we want a horror game, and he's like, no, I'm making my own game. You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and say there is no blame. There's no blame <laughs> because Alice is a niche title. It doesn't have mass appeal. No matter how much advertising dollars you put behind some games, it's not going to move from that niche. There's but no it, reason that people for people to move into that niche. So then fundamentally, though, given that EA's whole goal is to make games that sell a lot of merchandise, should they have simply just not greenlighted the game and said, look, if you're not going to make a horror game and we want a horror game, this clearly isn't going to work out. And now they it's basically they worked out with a bad relationship. And now at least American McGee is bad mouthing his partner. Well, American McGee is, is, a, is a pretty big name. You know, there are people like, don't get me wrong. If you say Alice or you say American McGee, there's a lot of gamers who know that who, who that is. Yes. It doesn't mean they actually played the game or want That's the also game. That's true. You know? Like I got a free copy of Alice. That's the only reason I played it. I'm not a I'm not an Alice fan, but I know who American McGee is. I know who yeah. Alice is. I played the first one. I actually beat the first one. Nice. And I was like, oh, it's it's a good game. You know, I also beat Area 51. You don't see me raving about that. <laughs> <laughs> Except you just did. It's actually a better game than people gave it credit for. It, it really is, but. I'm not. I'm not clamoring for that to come back. If they had an Area 51 2, I don't even know if I'd really buy it. <laughs> wouldn't, it just, wouldn't it just be Area 52? It might be Area 52. It let the the game. Well, the game left. It left the game open for an alter for a, a, a sequel, but Midway is no longer around, so I don't think that's happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's like uh, not every. Not every game that you put money behind is going to go, is going to explode like that. Like I mean, look at what happened to Call of Duty. How Call of Duty had to change to become as big as it is right now. To actually, because things like there were Call of Duties on console before. There were at least I'm gonna I think there were probably at least three, maybe four Call of Duty. Maybe actually maybe even five Call of Duty console games before Modern Warfare, before Call of Duty 4, and the changes that the Call of Duty series had to make to stretch onto console the way it did, like, you know, that, you just can't do that to all games, because if they start making major changes to Alice, maybe if they developed Alice as an actual horror game, it would have been a bit, it would have been bigger, or something else, but, you know, that's not what American McGee did, so therefore, mm. you know. Well, even then, I think one of the reason American McGee is known is because he's a very, um, I'm trying to think of the right word here without sort of like denigrating him, but I want to say not, not arrogant, but I think he, he has a very distinct vision and he's the kind of developer that when you hire American McGee, you're going to get what he gives you. He's not the kind of developer that you can sort of work with and come out with a collaborative effort. Gotcha. Um, and, and that both has its advantages because you, you get a very, uh, a very unique game, but then on the other hand, it's not necessarily something that will sell well. And I think that's, again, that sort of leads to the conflict that we're seeing here. Right. So, I mean, no, that's in the past now. Um, obviously, he'll probably never work with EA again. I guess unless they give him enough money. <laughs> so, we'll we'll see what, what comes of that, which I don't think is anything. Let's talk about another EA game. Let's talk about Dead Space 3, which I'm kind of up in the air about because of the changes that I know are coming with the co-op and 
swapping in and out and things like that, but I'm not going to talk about that today. What I am going to talk about is the fact that there are microtransactions inside of Dead Space. Inside of Dead Space 3, uh, basically, like, you know, there's a gun crafting system. If you are low on supplies, you, there is a microtransaction system to buy the supplies that you actually need in Dead Space 3. Um, <sighs> at, f- <laughs> at first, I was kind of like, eh, it's whatever, because, you know, there are other games that have, like, for example, Sleeping Dogs kind of has the same thing, packaged as DLC, where you can buy these DLC packs that would will give you, like, three million dollars or you know we'll we'll get you you know this these these cars or you know uh this many points for this resource you can you can buy that stuff like five bucks a pop and i don't mind it in sleeping dogs because you know it's not forced down your throat you don't need it like i went through sleeping dogs with more than enough money and that i didn't have to buy anything like they, they don't starve you for resources that make you think oh i need to you know, buy these these DLC or do this microtransaction. Um, so you know, I don't necessarily mind it in that aspect. Also, there's no, there's a couple of racing games too uh, that where you can you can buy money uh, that you can buy in game money so you can buy cars and things of that nature. And it's not it's not so bad. The thing about Dead Space though, it kind of takes away from the atmosphere of the game. Like Dead Space is survival horror ish. I'm going to say, um, because I mean, with Dead Space 2, if you kind of just roll through the game, you would be kind of tight on resources. You would be tight on resources. But with in Dead Space 2, if you stomped on every single thing you killed, you would have enough resources to use liberally throughout the game. That was the difference. So depending on how you played in Dead Space 2, you could... You could take it from survival horror to just, you know, horror <laughs> at that point because it's not much survival. Like, the, the oh, what was the name of that gun? Like, the Lance-type gun where, uh, I forget what the name of the actual gun is, but, you know, that was like a, a powerful weapon because you can kill bigger, uh, you know, um, you know, necromorphs with one or two hits from that thing. And I had those things like those the, the ammo for it i had so many because every single thing i killed i stomped on the head you know so you do have that option to play that way in dead space um i don't know just the the, the environment of dead space is that is you know you're supposed to be by yourself it's supposed to be that's supposed to be part of the creep factor that you know you're you're alone and you don't know where your resources are necessarily going to come from. And if you do get resources, even in Dead Space 2, I got those resources because I was killing necromorphs. You know, I just didn't roll up to a box and it gave me a whole bunch of money. Or it gave me a whole bunch of items or a whole bunch of ammo. Like, you know, I had to, to kill necromorphs. That was part of me working through the game to do that. Now... I can't be too upset because I know this is not forced upon you. Like you, you really don't have to use it if you want to, but it does break the fourth wall. Actually, there's a Penny Arcade article where Ben Kachera talks exactly about that, where you know this is breaking the fourth wall. Uh, you know, and I'm not gonna say it's, it's gonna ruin your experience, but if you choose to, if you choose to play that way, I really don't see how you can get too too deep into the game. <laughs> 
you know, because part of the game is that you are by yourself or at least with a partner, but, you know, your resources are scarce. And, like I said, if you do get resources, it's because you killed a whole bunch of the stuff. So, I don't know, that's like, Nick was surprised I wasn't so angry when I told him earlier. He's like, yeah, I, I can't wait to hear you rage. I'm like, I really don't have a lot of rage on this. That's because you rage about everything, though. We all know you're a hater. I'm but not a hater. I have you're very, a hater. I have, I have very good reasons for hating the things that I actually hate. And I think you have a good reason to hate this, but uh, but no, I don't I, hate it. I don't have a good reason to hate it because it's totally optional. Well, no, well, it's it's optional, but I think one of the things that I've always liked about the Dead Space franchise, and I, I say this as somebody who hasn't really played it, but I've at least I'm familiar with it, is it was the it was the game where it it really tried to combine the interface into the gaming experience. So it, it's one of those games that reduces the barrier between the player and the character. Um, I think uh, you, you've talked about how the health bar is on uh, Isaac's spine as opposed to being, you know, like a health bar widget somewhere on the screen, correct? Right, exactly. And so it's a bit disappointing to see a game where the developers put so much effort into reducing the interface to the, the fact that there, there almost is no interface. And now in the third game in the series, we're, we're already, you know, getting concerns about, well, now there's this whole co-op mode being thrown in here. Now, all of a sudden, we're getting a flat out, this doesn't just, this isn't just adding an interface, but it's not just breaking the fourth wall, it's building the fourth wall to then break it, because it's almost like that wall wasn't there before, because it, you, were in a, you were in a room with three walls, almost, to sort of say. Um, they, they had done such a, I think that's one of Dead Space's features, is that it was so, it was so immersive. And all of a sudden, even and as much, I know you say this is optional, but the point is when you're crafting, you're still going to see that button that says, go to the store. And well, I guess as long as you have enough materials, you're gonna not, you won't see the button that says, go to the store. And it looks like it only comes up if you don't have enough materials when you try to yep, do something. And I plan on continuing my necromorph stomping ways. But you still, but I, I, there are people I think who will see that and it will break their experience. It will break their experience. I think that's it's it's a little bit sad because I, I it's almost like to a degree they had almost you know integrating the interface is sort of the the holy grail of of the video gaming as far as you know you want to reduce the number of barriers between the player and the avatar and for as much as i think can be done given the you know controller screen interface I feel like Dead Space really pushed the boundaries of that. And for a game that is fundamentally so innovative to the point that, as I said, it's one of their features to see this suddenly come in out of left field. It's a little bit, it's disappointing. And I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not actually more of a fan of the series. Cause I feel like if I was, I would be raging about this. Maybe that's why I'm, I'm vicariously trying to get you to rage because <laughs> I feel like somebody should be really angry and upset about this. I don't know, like, and you know, I don't have the, the background for that. I like dead space a lot, but dead space actually me as a gamer, I'm not the type of person that gets wrapped up in games away where I'm like, I am this person basically like, for example, with dead space or with a lot of other games, um, I get wrapped up in the story. Like I am, progressing through the story that's how i i guess that's my experience with the games and i enjoy the story that way where i know a lot of people enjoy the games because they 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 like being like i am this person i am experiencing this person's adventure whereas with me i am with me it's more like i am being the told the story of this person you know or of this character if that if that makes sense 
you know, that makes sense. That makes okay. sense. But they, I mean, they don't get me wrong. There are a few games where I am totally in it. Like Half Life is definitely one of those games. Um, Sleeping Dogs, surprisingly, one of those games, and Max Payne, one of those games for me. But it's it's kind of rare, even though two of them flash here. So maybe that's why I'm not so affected by this because Dead Space isn't one of those games for me where I'm like, I am Isaac, you know, and I am, you know, in this world and I'm trapped. And it's for me, it's more like, yeah, I'm playing through Isaac's story and I can totally ignore, you know, the, that button that allows you to, to buy stuff from the Xbox Live Marketplace or PSN. That's I can't get too angry. I'm disappointed that they decided to do it because that hopefully, I hopefully it does terribly and they never do it again. Hopefully. <laughs> well, uh, the pro- the problem with that, well, I guess you just want the DL or the uh, the microtransaction feature to do terribly. Yeah, the microtransaction it's- feature. I don't want anybody to use it. <laughs> if you use it, expect a visit from me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's I I. I you know, of course, I want the game to do well. I want them to continue with the series, but I don't want them to. Uh, I don't want them to do that microtransaction feature. I don't want. I don't want to even. Oh, look, it worked in Death Space. Let's start putting that in everything. But oh, you know. I feel like the fact that you mentioned they had something like this in Sleeping Dogs. I think this is this is this is not uh, this is not sort of a failed experiment we're seeing. I think this is uh, more of a sign of the times and uh, the future. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like, Sleeping Dogs just, what, well, that came out in August? Yeah. This 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 was probably planned for Dead Space way, like, before Sleeping Dogs even came out. So I think we're going to see a, a bunch of games that have this feature. If it works out well, they'll keep it in. If not, they won't. It, shit, they may keep it in just because. Like, hey, it didn't do that great, but we'll leave the option there. Well, I, I, I think it's one of those things that the, I think the marginal cost of development to throw something like this in versus even if one or two people, well, more than one or two people, but I feel like they, they, they need a low rate of return to make this worthwhile. Yeah, but you know what? Like I said, for for most games, I really don't care about it. Like I said, you can do it in Sleeping Dogs, you can do it in a few racing games. I, I think don't care too much. I, I think I agree with you that, but I, like I said, I think Dead Space was special. Dead Space, they, yeah, like they, a game where you, the the experience or the, like the fact like part of the of the gameplay experience is that you know even the story for me is that you know you're isolated. And now you're not necessarily so isolated. Like, oh, yeah. man. Man, I need to... I don't have enough supplies for this weapon. That means I need to go and kill X amount of Necromorphs just to see if I can get these supplies. Don't have to do it anymore. But, oh, hold on. Let me get my credit card. Did, did, <laughs> the, nec- did the Necromorphs respawn or there was a set number of them? So, it was all, fundamentally, you did have a fixed amount of resources. You do have a fixed amount of resources. Okay. But it was yeah. enough for you to be able to do everything you needed to do. Exactly. Cool. So... Um, and then killing those things isn't always a picnic, man. Shouldn't be. That's yeah. that's the game. That's, that's the, the challenge. Game. That's the challenge. That's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, let's uh, move on to our last topic, which is THQ. It's finally been picked apart. The, 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 the vultures have cleared, and here are the results. So, um, a couple studios are being closed. Like, studios that didn't get so- sold off are being dissolved. But here is what we know about who, who and what got bought. So Relic Studios, or well, Relic and the Company of Heroes, was bought by Sega. Uh, and apparently Zenimax, who owns Beth, uh, Bethsaida, Beth, Bethesda, sorry, um, one of them, but they got beat out by Sega. 
THQ Montreal, uh, the 1666, uh, 1666 IP and Underdog IP are going to Ubisoft. Isn't that the uh, the game being done by the guy that did Assassin's Creed? Yup. <laughs> oh, Patrice. Oh, man. You know what? Uh, I would love if they put him back in charge of Assassin's Creed. Absolutely love it, but they're not going to do it. I mean, they've been running through creative directors, you know, like it's a low, like it's a low budget position, <laughs> you know, and the series has suffered because of it. So I, I my, um, a, a great day would be Patrice DeSolette gets put back on Assassin's Creed, slaps everybody in the office, and then fixes the series. What if he does Assassin's Creed Four as a reboot? Just, uh, with the way the series is going, I would be okay with that. Can we can we write to Obama? Nick, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Your bad jokes are bad today, but they're just bad. Like they're not uh, even really. I'm a little under the weather. It's affecting my abilities. Uh, I won't lie. Okay, well we'll see. We'll check in with you next week. See how you're doing. <laughs> All right. So, um, evolve the evolve IP and metamorphosis. Oh, sorry. It's it's AKA is metamorph. I guess the code name is metamorphosis. Went to take two. Uh, which you know take two. I think I I think they own 2K. I I, I, I think, think so. Yeah. Yeah. They own. Yeah. Actually, they do own 2K, uh, Rockstar stuff like that. Take Two Interactive, uh, Volition of Volition Studios and Saint Row, uh, went to Koch, which is Deep Silver, and I cringed, <laughs> cringed at that, Ugh. mainly because. Uh, the thing about Deep Silver, like people were bagging on their advertising, and I'm not even. That's not. I don't even really have a problem with that. Like the whole torso thing that happened last week, eh? I really didn't care all that much about. It. I think people were being too sensitive. I thought. Well, never mind. Never mind what I thought. You didn't <laughs> care enough. That we didn't even talk about it last week. We didn't even talk about it last <laughs> week. It was like, like, there's no reason to talk about this. But they, uh, when I think of Deep Silver, I think of uh, what's Zombie Dead Island. And how terrible of a game that was. Ugh. Like, I do believe a, zo- a sandbox zombie game can be fun. But Dead Island was just a bad game, in my opinion. It, w- it was not fun to play, even with people. So, yeah, that's why I cringed at that. But they're, Volition, they're, you know, they're keeping, they're keeping the studio that did Saint Row, Saints Row. So hopefully they just let them chug along. And do their thing. Homefront got bought by Crytek, which is not surprising since Crytek was our. We, we already confirmed that Crytek was making Homefront 2. So now they own the IP proper and they can do what they want with it. Which get it for I, that much. Uh, what'd you say? They didn't even get it for that much. It was only 500,000. Yeah, it was only 500,000. Like, so I'm, it was almost like a direct, almost probably like a direct sale to them. Almost. Like, they were already working on it. They probably. If somebody else wanted to get that IP, they would they would probably have been so much red tape with contracts and stuff like that that had to be met, you know, that it would just made sense to send it to Crytek. So who who knows? They'll, they'll probably have like EA or somebody publish it for them. Uh, Metro, uh, which includes 2033 uh, and 2034, uh, that also goes to Deep Silver. Deep Silver beating out Ubisoft twice. Twice for 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 games. Actually, for Volition, 
they, I don't know if they, they might have overpaid for them because you see that Ubisoft was the second was the backup bidder. They bid five point four million. Uh, Deep Silver bid twenty two point three million. So what if they won? And Ubisoft was like, "Oh, never mind. You obviously really want that." Yeah, <laughs> you know. But well, that's, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What I was gonna say. I mean, that's the thing is really the the big money was on Relic for twenty six point six million to Sega, and, and at least that was a value like that made sense because Zenimax bid twenty six point three million. Yeah. And yeah, but yeah, uh, you know, Volition going for twenty two point three million is huge, especially given the five point four million that they had to overbid. So. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, now for Metro, that will they won with five point eight, and Ubisoft bid bid five point one million. And now, like the the last one is South Park, the uh, the Stick of Truth license, which went for three point two million to Ubisoft. But there is an issue with that. Actually, um, South Park Digital Entertainment is it called? Uh, yeah, it's, it's South the, Park Studios. It's whatever their sub. I guess their gaming division would be. Yeah. They are contesting that and saying that, you know, that violates the agreement that they had with THQ because according to the, according to the license, the only people, though, you know, because they license it out. It's not like that THQ owned the license. They licensed the license to THQ. And so um, the, the, the deal was that only, only THQ could develop it and specifically Obsidian Entertainment as a software developer. And it looks like the main concern here is quality. It's like quality assurance. Like, apparently, whoever made that decision for for South Park, they looked into the companies developing the game and was like, oh, and, you know, were pretty convinced that they could make a quality title here, you know, with THQ. And now that that's in question... They're like, no, 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 not so fast. Which I'm like, oh, I kind of dig that. I can, I can get that. Like, you know, they're they're kind they're worried about their IP, and they want to make sure that it is taken care of properly and that it's not ruined by a, like a shitty game. I don't have anything negative to say about uh, that. Well, uh, there are certainly worse developers than you could be, you know, do a job with than Obsidian. I mean, they've got a a proven track record. Right, but, uh, but no, it doesn't. But, it doesn't look like Obsidian was part of this deal. It's just that the the license went to Ubisoft. Well, I, I think I could see. I think I think that that would probably happen if they settle. I think I, I think fundamentally, as long as Obsidian gets to develop the game, I I would guess they'll be okay with that. And this is mostly just them trying to assert their authority here. I mean, part of it is you know it's it's, it's really a lot of legal legal matters at this point for them. Uh, in insofar as you know, there's the argument about well, you can't resell a license because you know it's a license. It's it's basically something that the person who actually has the product lets you use, so they have final say. And then there's the argument that there's only one license available, so it has to be allowed to be resold because there's no, it's not a full market for that. It's 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 it, the license because of its unique nature becomes a unique item that can be resold. And so I think I honestly don't know how that's going to play out in court. I think. You know, it depends. Really, it comes down to the judge. I think there's a valid precedent on both sides. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I, I, I have a feeling. I mean, obviously, South Park's going to want the game to be made. You know, I've, Obsidian's been working on this, so I see no reason why they'd want to make the game. I'm sure Ubisoft will probably have to kick somebody to South Park. They were willing to pay more for the South Park license than they were for all of THQ Montreal. <laughs> so, I mean, they clearly see some value here. 
Um, so I, I have a feeling that this is one of those things where there will be some lawyers making some, some bold statements and suddenly everything will get settled behind closed doors and, and development will move on as though nothing happened. Yeah. Uh, I think one of, the, uh, one of the big things, too, is that this was sold off as a property of THQ when THQ didn't have the right to sell it. But that and that's that's the that's the legal question. Yeah, is can could they have sold it or not? And that's why we have judges. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's why we have judges and depositions and legal closing and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So for for the most part, I'm I'm okay with everything that's happened here. Like like it matters, but yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm okay with everything that we, we we've seen here, with the exception of Deep Silver and Saints Row. I'm not too happy about that metro i wasn't really big fan of anyway um and thq montreal i'm just curious like i mean i don't really know any big players from there except patrice diesel and i just want you to come back and save assassin's creed man <laughs> i just want you to come back because if you beat assassin's creed 3 you know exactly why i'm pissed off that shit that they, that they fed us on Assassin's Creed 3, I should write a letter to Obama about that. <laughs> like, dude, uh, they, they, violated, they violated my rights by even, making me eat that shitty ending. Even though it's a Canadian studio, please assert your authority as the American president and fix the ending to Assassin's Creed 3. Yes, exactly. I could probably get more than 37, uh, <laughs> more than 37 uh, signatures on that petition. Probably. <laughs> But you know, I'm I'm not that type of asshole. So <laughs> you're a different type of asshole. <laughs> I'm a different type of asshole. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's looks like that's that's it for THQ. I was, you know what? Out of all the IPs, I was mainly concerned with Saints Row. Saints Row, I was I was primarily concerned with because that had such a turnaround and became such a good game. I wanted to see where they wanted to take it. Homefront, I already knew it was going to be in good hands because you know Crytek was actually developing it. But Saints Row was the one I was primarily concerned about. Darksiders, they actually, yeah, Dar- Vigil is being dis, uh, dissolved. And Darksiders, as we know, is it's gone. It's done. I feel like somebody's got to swoop in at some point because I don't, I don't know the specifics of how the auction was run, but just because nobody bid on it, it doesn't mean there's no interest there. It can't. Somebody, yeah. somebody somewhere's got to, got to. I don't know. Like, if somebody. For some reason, when I think of somebody picking up Darksiders and doing something with it, I think Gearbox. Hmm. I think Gearbox. So let today mark Mashcast number 78. If Gearbox actually picks up Darksiders, I can see the future, and then I'll predict the rest later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of see, see that happening, but I have no reason to, to give you like why that would happen. But I think Gearbox would be a good pick for 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 picking up Darksiders and doing something with it. So, but yeah, let's see what's uh what's coming out. You know, Devil May Cry just came out. I know February is a busy month too. February is going to be a busy month because I think like we have Dead Space. Actually, I'll pull up the list now. But uh, let's see. DMC for PC is coming out next week, uh, along with like what Dishonored for Xbox Live Marketplace. Those those time periods from being on disc only though to Marketplace is getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, uh, Strike Suit Zero actually came out 
on Wednesday. Skulls of the Shogun comes out on the 30th. Antichamber the 31st. Which Antichamber, I believe, is just kind of a puzzle game. That's like a first-person puzzle game. Uh, I keep seeing stuff for this game called Proteus. But I haven't seen a single thing that would make that would make me want to get it. It looks like a looks like a, a games my drew in Microsoft Paint. <laughs> it does. I thought Microsoft Paint was a game. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dead Space February fifth is coming up. Uh, Sly Cooper and Thieves in Time for uh, actually has PS three Vita all that good stuff. Um. Aliens Colonial Marines on February 12th coming up. Yeah, but in the immediate future, if you if you're waiting for the PC version of DMC, which I would if you have a controller, I would suggest getting it. I cannot see anybody playing that game on a mouse and keyboard. It's just not happening, dude. It's not. Um what else is, is around? Uh a game called The Cave uh That's... also came out. Yeah, which, that's already. Yeah, that that came out recently. It's I don't even really know what type of game it is. I'm gonna, I know it's a side-scroller, but it, there's been some noise about it. I've seen some reviews. Uh, I was going to try to watch this video real quick, but it didn't turn on immediately, so I'm out. That's my attention span right there. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, going to bring our show to an end this week. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, we are also on iTunes, so you can subscribe to iTunes and just get it right in your iTunes and sync to your iPad, iPhone, iPod, whatever you're using these days. Uh, let's see what else. Well, we're also on uh, Facebook, which is facebook.com slash buttons. We're on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash mtbsite. YouTube.com slash buttons as well, as well as on Stitcher Smart Radio uh, for your Android and iOS devices, so that's how you stalk us. That is how you keep up with what's going on with Matchless Buttons. So, as always, thank you for listening, and uh, we will catch you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. 